This is the Blind Donkey Runner High School Athletics Podcast. This is going to be a different episode. Um, so I switch it up for a little bit this week. Um, we're going to have two episodes. But today is going to be a Georgia baseball preview show with the one, the only, Jeff Dantzler. I've been listening to this amazing voice called Georgia Baseball since I was 10 years old. And I really enjoyed getting to talk to him again. And can't wait to make it out to a baseball game to go see him and his amazing radio partner Dave Johnston and I definitely can't wait to listen to those two on the radio Friday so sit back relax and enjoy this quick preview of Georgia baseball hey Jeff how you doing today Hey, John. How are you, pal? Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, Hang on two seconds. Let me turn the volume down on the on my TV here. You doing all right, though? Pretty good. Pretty good. Awesome, I'm glad to have man. you back. And you know it's baseball season, so. I can't wait. I can't oh, wait. <clears throat> you just tell me when you want to get started. I am ready to go. All right. Well, we're, we're going now, so we're good. Okay. Um. Well, you know. Georgia's starting baseball season back up, and I just thought it was a great time to have you back on the show and talk about to preview this start of the season and what you're looking for this team this year. Well, I think it's very exciting, of course, with the national championship and football, that dream come true, uh, to be able to head into the baseball season with so much excitement. It's just a very exciting time for Georgia fans. I think the Bulldogs are going to have a terrific team. Uh, but the Southeastern Conference is loaded as always. Uh, Georgia oh, yeah. ranked anywhere. I've seen 14th, 16th, somewhere in the teens. And there are 16 from the SEC that are in the top 10. So, so much of it is, is relative. But if you could navigate through this league and go 500 or better, you've had a terrific season and certainly put yourself in great shape for the postseason. Definitely. Um, who are the key returners for the Dogs? On the pitching staff. We'll start with the pitching staff. Uh, we'll start with the pitching staff. I'd say Jonathan Cannon and Liam Sullivan on the top end in the rotation. And then out of the bullpen, uh, Jaden Woods uh, would probably be the top guy coming back. And I think Jaden's a guy who can be used in a variety of roles. Uh, and uh, with that, there are going to be a couple of pitchers coming back from injury. And Garrett Brown and Matt Ch- and, uh, uh, and Childers that can help. So I think with, with kind of having that balance there, some, some good young arms coming in, there's a nice balance of, of newcomers and veterans. Awesome. Um, who would you say, if you had to guess right now, who would be the weekend starters? Uh, it'll be Cannon on Friday. It'll be Liam Sullivan on Saturday and a junior college transfer from my hometown of Statesboro named Dylan Ross. He'll be the Sunday pitcher. All right. Awesome. Uh, what, where did he come from? What JUCO did he come from? Uh, that I'm not sure of. <laughs> oh, okay. I think it's, um, I think it's Florida Southwest. It's one of the Florida uh, junior colleges, maybe Florida Southwestern State. Oh, okay. I got you. Um, who are some new coming pitchers that you're looking forward to seeing on what they can do? 
Well, I think uh, Ross would certainly be up at the top of the list, but uh, when, when it comes to, to freshmen, you really don't want to have to lean heavily on those guys. So I'm, I'm hoping when it comes to the newcomers, Ross would be one. And then just getting Childers and Brown back from, from injury last year. I mm-hmm. think if those two guys can come back and, and throw it well, then you're talking about having some really good depth in that pitching staff. Awesome. Awesome. Um, now, moving on to the hitters, uh, who's coming back that's you think is going to have a, a high, inflect, high impact on the, the dogs this year from the hitting side? You've got a lot of guys back, uh, good depth of the infield and outfield, and uh, certainly the big gun that we saw as a true freshman last year was Corey Collins. He's a catcher mm-hmm. but will primarily be the designated hitter, but he's a guy who's got a lot of power from the left side who I think has got a chance to – put a dent in, in the record book when it comes to home runs and RBIs. So I would put him at the top of the list, obviously getting the Tate brothers back. Uh, Josh McAllister just got, got to keep J-Mac healthy. And uh, I think Parks Harbor's another guy. We, we saw glimpses from him as a, as a freshman uh, to, to, to help with that power stroke. You know, Ben Anderson's back, uh, and, and hopefully he can come on strong at the top of the order. You know, Fernando Gonzalez is a, a terrific defensive catcher. You got, you got Chaney Rogers back as well. Uh, one of the newcomers there is a transfer from Florida named Corey Acton, uh, and, and he's going to be expected to step in there and fill that role at second base. We can brag to the Gators that we got one up from them. There you go. That's exactly right. So who would your preliminary starting nine be for the dogs? Or starting I, eight, think, I think you'll probably see Collins D.H., Gonzalez catch, probably go Harbor, Acton, Cole Tate, McAllister first to third, uh, Connor Tate, Anderson, and Rogers left to right. Awesome. Awesome. Um, now, you mentioned earlier that the SEC is one of the best conferences for baseball. I would, I would venture to say it is the best conference for baseball. Yep. Who do you see coming out of the East? Well, Vanderbilt and Florida are the two favorites. George is a consensus number three. Uh, but I, I would say the, the Doors and, and the Gators would probably be the top two picks. Now, Georgia gets both Vanderbilt and Florida at home this year. So, you know, hopefully if Georgia could, could have a chance to win those series, I think that would be, you know, huge for the Bulldogs' postseason chances and, and if, if Georgia was going to be a legitimate contender for the SEC title. Um. Who do you see, you know, finishing rounding out the East? What order do you see? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know what we're going to get out of Kentucky, really. You know, South Carolina, I'm sure, will have a good team. You know, Tennessee had a great year last year. They lost a lot. Uh, we'll, we'll see if they're able to, to to put themselves in contention for the postseason again. And that's going to always be an uphill uh, struggle for Missouri. But I, I, I would say that, that kind of predicted order there, one, two, three, of Vanderbilt, Florida, and Georgia, I think is pretty accurate. Um, what about moving over to the West? Well, everybody's good. I mean, you know, both <laughs> Mississippi schools, obviously State won it all last year. They're terrific. Ole Miss is very good. You know, LSU is going to have a great team. Uh, Texas A&M is, is always going to be strong. And, and, of course, Arkansas, which, which won the SEC and won the SEC tournament title as well. They've been hit with a couple of injuries, but Fayetteville's such a hard place to play. It's it's a tough, tough place to win. 
So that that West is is just absolutely grueling. And we do go over to Alabama this year. You can't count out Alabama and Auburn. They're just everybody's got players. And one of the things that's happened, and George has certainly benefited from this, is with the COVID rule and, and anybody who was on a roster in 2020, they got that extra season of eligibility. So mm-hmm. you've got a lot of fifth and even sixth year guys in this league. I'm talking 23, 24 year old guys who are who are playing, they're experienced, they're older, and they're making a big difference. Well, I've seen that impact from the I've, I've been following college wrestling a lot up in uh-huh. you know, and I've seen that affect a lot too with the the six year seniors, and I think that's pretty cool that they've still got that shot. Yeah, it's big, and you know, I mean, you, you can certainly look at the football front, and you see that that Stetson Bennett's going to come back for a sixth year at Georgia. Oh yeah, and to think, you know, he, here's a guy again, just talk football for a second, who began his career in 2017, and he's still going to be playing in 2022. That is awesome. <laughs> I, I'm glad he's back. Yeah, for sure. Um, I got a question about scheduling. So, is it like football, where I, I know you only get ten series? in the season of baseball, how do they determine who the scheduling? Cause does it rotate like football? Uh, the way it goes, there's seven teams on each side. Mm-hmm. So in George's case, we use the dogs, for example, here in George's case, you play the six teams from the East. So that's mm-hmm. six series. Then you play four teams from the West. Okay. And the year, the next year, you play the other three teams from the West that you didn't play the year before, and then you have one holdover. So that kind of rotates around. So the way the schedule is set up, you're, you play everybody in a two-year period, and over a four-year period, you play everybody twice, and you're guaranteed to have been in every facility at least once. All right. That makes that makes sense. I, I figured it was kind of similar to football, how they mm-hmm. – I figured it was like that. It is. Um, you, you've mentioned some venues. What do you think the toughest place to play in the SEC is? I know this is a hard one. Uh, yeah, I, I'm just kidding. Any of the Ole Miss, Mississippi State, LSU, Texas A&M, it's, it's a take your pick. I mean, you know, traditionally Baton Rouge, Starkville, I mean, you're, you're talking about cornerstones, not mm-hmm. just in the SEC, but in college baseball. Those atmospheres are, are second to none. Just incredible. Right. Um, okay. So people talk about the Vandy Whistler and the Cowbells. What do you uh-huh. think? What do you think's the more, I guess, obnoxious? The Cowbells or the Vandy Whistler? Oh, I love the Cowbells. That's a part of the tradition there. I think the Vandy Whistler is is a little bit more annoying. In fact, a lot more annoying. <laughs> it's one of those things, once you notice him. Uh, he can uh, he can certainly grind your gears. <laughs> I have to agree with you. I love the cowbells. Uh, yes, SEC it, tradition. Especially, I mean, even at high school football games, I love hearing them. There's nothing like cowbells on a Friday night or cowbells at a baseball game. I hear you, bud. Um, so you mentioned earlier Georgia won the national championship in football. I I can't leave this podcast without letting you talk about that for a little bit. What's that like for you? Because you've been waiting a long time for that. A long time, my friend. I, I was eight years old uh, back in 1980, and you, know, you don't really realize at that point in time what's happening and what's going on, and we've come so close so many times, including 1981 and 1982, and 
you know, to, to have those near misses and, and obviously in 17 and in 2012, 2007, 2002. And, you know, at, at some point, there are two ways to look at it. You think, well, if we keep knocking on the door, we're going to break through. But then you think, my goodness, you know, we've gotten our hearts broken so many times. Is is it ever going to happen? Well, I had faith that when we hired Kirby, that he would deliver at least one national championship. And uh, to, to have it finally happen, uh, to exercise those demons and to beat Alabama in doing it, one of the things I said with one mighty sword uh, Georgia slayed two dragons, mm-hmm. and I, I think to beat Alabama for the title, you know, Alabama's got the most national championships. To beat Michigan in the Orange Bowl, Michigan's got the most wins. It was just a dream postseason for Georgia. I agree. I, you know, I was, I thought I was excited about the Braves winning the World Series finally, <laughs> but that meant that was nothing compared to what I felt when Georgia won it. Not gonna lie. No, no, it's it's nothing. It's not even close, and. Uh, I, I do think, though, with the Braves winning, you know, whether it's real or not, I think for a lot of fans who are fans of both, uh, there might have been a feeling of, hey, we, we've kind of broken this curse and and maybe this is the year. And, you know, for, for the Braves have obviously come close many times since winning it in 95. But for Atlanta to win the World Series and for the Dogs to come back and get it, it's it, it's been an amazing run. And I'm just hoping that our, our, our baseball team can – put it together and make a run to Omaha in the College World Series. Now, did you break a chair when uh, Ringo or Keely Ringo ran that interception back? No, I broke into – I definitely broke – shed some tears. I, I can tell you that. And um, it was – for us us old dogs, I can tell you, that the losing unifies you. And when you, you think about so much of the heartbreak and some long road trips for every sport, and then just to think of the – that ultimate dream come true. It was a special moment. And there, there were a lot of onions being cut up in Indianapolis that night <laughs> after that pick six. I'll promise you that. I bet. I bet. <laughs> Speaking of long road trips, uh, the baseball team does not have to go to Missouri this year, right? Hopefully. Thank hopefully. goodness. Yes. <laughs> uh, I was hoping the dogs didn't have to play in the snow in Missouri again. Yeah, that's that's just – it's it's a long way to go. And, and their stadium is really – more like a high school stadium. The facilities just aren't really up to par. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it certainly hinders their program. They, they've always got good teams, but they also don't have the most broadcast-friendly setup. So kind of around the league, if, if you polled every team's announcers and said, hey, uh, what school do you least like to go for a road trip? I think Missouri would be a unanimous winner. Um, this is a kind of a selfish question, but what was it like um... – now the name, his last name is going to uh, escape me, but back in two, uh, 2015, I think, Trey, uh, he's with the Mississippi Braves now. What was it like watching him play for Missouri? Trey Harris? Yes, Trey Harris. Yeah, he was a very good player. Uh, he hit, I believe, the first home run ever at what was in SunTrust that is now Truist Park. We were kind of guinea pigs uh, going over there, and – uh, played uh, our our finale of our series with Missouri in Atlanta, and yeah, he, he's you know the, the the list is long. There's so many players in Georgia in every sport. You're just bound to go up against some some good players from your state, and even Missouri baseball. Uh, you have a he, he was a terrific player and hit the first home run in that stadium. 
I've been a fan of his since he's been with the Mississippi Braves, and they gotcha. They've he's impressed me. So, uh, are we going to get Major League Baseball this year? That I don't know. I mean, it's it's certainly something that you would think they'll find a way to work out. I mean, it's you, you've got you got billionaires and millionaires. They've got to come to terms. I mean, the country has been through so many hardships uh, in, in terms of you know the economy and, and jobs and inflation and there, there, there's so much that goes on it's whether you side with the players or the owners both neither however it is I think it's off-putting to a lot of Americans uh, even though you might could understand both sides but to see the haggling over such an enormous amount of money when mm-hmm. a lot of people out there are really really struggling it would be a horrible look for Major League Baseball to strike or lock out. Right. I agree. Um, I got two more subjects, and then I'll let you get out of here. Okay, buddy. Um, what time are the games this weekend, and what should fans expect of the dogs this weekend? Uh, I know we're at 2 and 3 on Friday and Saturday. I'm not sure on Sunday. I think it's at 2, but I'll be with the Lady Dogs on Sunday over at Auburn. Uh, but no, I, I think we're going to have a packed house. We've got uh, we, we've got sold out season tickets, and they're going to be selling beer in the stadium. So I think it's <laughs> going to be a fantastic atmosphere, and uh, everybody's just so excited about the national championship, and now the anticipation with baseball starting up. It's it's just a, a dream situation right now, looking ahead to the spring. Well, it's been it's been forty years for the football team. Now let's make it uh, thirty one for the uh, baseball. No, I, hey, I think that sounds like a, a great plan. And and like I said, if you can get through this league, you've got a chance. And mm-hmm. the, the example I always like to use is back in 2013, Mississippi State went 15 and 15 in the SEC, a dead mm-hmm. on 500. And they played for the national championship in, in the finals of the College World Series. Yeah. I think that says a lot. Exactly. I agree. How are our – uh, Hermie and Ella, uh, Alvis. Hermie and Alvis, I appreciate you asking. They're doing great. They're hanging out on the porch right now. I'm going to walk out and see them. But they are they are loving life. Although they're not uh, they're not too excited about their daddy having to leave uh, for baseball season coming up, getting on the road <laughs> a lot. But I appreciate it. And you know, Hermie and Alvis and and Dave Johnston's uh, little guy Kingsley, they're mm-hmm. wonderful, and they they keep us all going. Awesome. Well, I'll try to get you some dog picks during the games this year. And I, I look Absolutely. To- well, you're the best, John, and we love you. I mean, ever since you used to come up and see us in the booth, my friend, I'm very proud of you and happy for you for all your accomplishments. You're a terrific young man and a great inspiration. Well, I appreciate it, Jeff. That means a lot coming from you. Uh, looking forward to listening to you this year, and I can't wait to listen. Shoot us a tweet, man. We love you, buddy. Go dogs. Go dogs. Will do. Y'all have a good one. Okay.